and welcome back to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every single day we drink a new brew of coffee and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And you join me here in Auckland, New Zealand for another day. Another day, day 156 to be exact, 365 days of reading the Bible. If you're joining us for the first time, make sure you jump back to day one and start afresh. Even if you miss a day, don't skip forward, read the day because it builds upon itself. The goal of this is that we're reading the Bible cover to cover or they're about cover to cover. We're going uh, in the Old Testament, uh, Psalm or Proverb and the New Testament every single day. So make sure you get into the Bible, get into those scriptures. They are today on every platform in the descriptions, but I'll read them to you today. Proverbs 14, 5, 14. Uh, sorry, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 5 to 14. Acts chapter 2, verse 22 to verse 47. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1, chapter 8, verse 18. So those are our scriptures that we're reading for today. Make sure you get into those and devour them. Get them into you. That's what we're going to be talking about today. People asking still if they should do it first or do it after. You can do it either way around. I like to read the scripture and then listen to the devotional. If it's me, when Annalise is doing tea week, that's what I like to do. So maybe that would be a good flow for you as well. Regardless though, we are going to get into our brew for today. And it is the last time with my ominous bag of coffee beans, my Jack and the Beanstalk bag of coffee beans from 25ml. They so graciously did that for me and I'm so grateful for that. We are having those Society Coffee Seasonal Espresso Blend as the type it was blended for okay so it's brewed for this um this blend is for the espresso machine so i'm excited to give this a try today just a reminder where it's got a combination of brazil ethiopia and colombia beans and we're looking for tasting notes of candied apple malt chocolate and roasted walnut so that's what we're looking for today in the espresso form it took me three cracks to get this timing right, so I'm looking forward to giving this a taste today. Cheers, no matter where you are. Have one on me. Okay. Definitely, definitely nicer than the plunger. I'm going to say it's nicer than the Chemex, although it's a different kind of nice. This is heavy. It's bold, it's 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 a bit brash almost even. Like as you taste it, you're like, yeah, okay, this is this is a vibe. But then there's quite a strong, dark, roasted feeling to it. And that makes sense because this is out of five stars for their roasting schedule. This is four. So it is strong, it's sharp, it's heavy, it's bold. Um, I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna also give this a 7.2. I like it slightly more than the uh, then the Chemex, it's nothing to write home. It's not like a, wow, I can't believe I've had that. But it's also not like a, oh, I'd never try that again. So it's good. It's in the middle there. It's it's slightly above average. Give it a go. Societycoffee.co.nz, I think, is their website. You can check that out. If it's not, you're going to some random URL. Kids, ask your parents for help. Parents, ask someone for help. That is it, though, for the brews today. Done and dusted. Let's get into the Bible, the reason that we are here. Now, in the book of Proverbs... There is this word, this title that the book of Proverbs gives to a certain type of people as fool. Now, it gets used quite often in the book of Proverbs, and this word might bring up some meanings for you. You might think that it means stupid, for example, or someone who doesn't think, think things through. But it actually means rebel, especially against God and the laws of decency and justice. So when we read about the fool, what we're reading about is rebellion against God. The book of Proverbs make it clear that for the foolish or for the rebel, 
or the rebellious, the path of the the rebel leads to death. At the same time, though, Proverbs also is stacked with teaching on righteousness and holiness. So while the path of the foolish leads to death, the path of the righteous leads to life. The righteous live in right standing with God. And that'll always end up being better for you, being in right standing with God, than the one who rebels against God. So the question we have to ask ourselves when we're reading the book of Proverbs is, are we living foolish? Am I rebelling against God in any way right now? And if I am, maybe it's time for me to come back to God, repent and get right with him so that I'm no longer living a foolish way of life, but I'm living a righteous way of life. In Acts today, we are talking about Pentecost. And my guy Peter, soaked in the spirit, explains the gospel message which is the victory of Jesus. He speaks about Jesus in his totality, his life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. It's amazing because Peter in this message lays out four reason, four reasons sorry, that through Christ's power in you, you too cannot be held by death uh, or sorry, be raised up by God. So he, number one, he makes it clear that the power of Satan is not greater than the power of God. Peter states that it was impossible for death to keep his hold, keep its hold on him, therefore suggesting that you too cannot be held by death and will rise with God. Number two, he reminds them that the resurrection was actually prophesied about in Scripture. He tells them of David. They would have known about David. They would have read about David. And he talks to them and reminds them that David, a prophet, knew that God had promised that he would put someone of his bloodline on the throne. So Jesus, in Jesus, we see that Jesus is the fulfillment of this prophecy. The third thing he talks about is that his own experience is that Jesus died and rose again. He he tells them what God has done and that, that, that they are witnesses of it. The fourth thing is that he speaks on what they had just experienced. The same experience that we can have too, the infilling of the Holy Spirit that happened at Pentecost. This experience they had come at the end of, uh, sorry, this experience hadn't come at the end of a 40-minute message, but of days and days of prayer. And this is what I wanted to say today, is that if we're going to experience the same outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can't just roll up to church, sing a couple of average songs of praise, lift our hands halfway in worship, and then respond in a message and hope that we get touched by heaven in its fullness. Man, if we want the fullness of heaven, we have to give ourselves fully to him. The day of Pentecost was a byproduct of the fulfilling of a promise that Jesus said that God was going to give them the gift. But they went and they prayed and they sought the Lord and they worshiped and they gave everything for hours and hours and hours and hours. Some people tell me that uh, just because it's a long church service doesn't mean that it's more powerful. And, And I agree. It's actually the spirit that's in that church service that makes it powerful or not. The hunger and the desperation of the congregation, the faith of the praise and worship team, the anointing that the pastor carries into that church service, it all plays a part. But I want to encourage you that if you're just giving God 15 minutes of your day and it's like 15 of those minutes, well, if out of 15 minutes, five of them is just you making a coffee in the morning. You're only really giving God 10 and that's all that God's getting in your day. Maybe increase the fullness that you're giving to God so that you can experience the fullness of him. In saying all of that, Peter does give the promise of Pentecost to all those who believe, to those who are far off. We need to expect that we too can have this encounter that Peter's talking about and that we can be set on fire for God. If we're going to receive it, we need to not just give God more time and give ourselves fully to him. We need to repent. We need to place our faith in Jesus. We need to ask, and then we need to receive. If we have 
actually receive the Holy Spirit, then we're going to see evidence of that in our lives. Can I tell you what it is? Our lives should look different to how it was before we received the Holy Spirit. That's how we know we've received it. If we're living life different, if we've got something different happening on the inside of us, if there's faith that comes alive on the inside of us, then we know we've received the Holy Spirit in its fullness. David is a foreshadowing of Jesus in our scripture. And there are over a thousand references to David in the Bible. He was anointed to be king. And the prophet Nathan tells David that wherever he went, there would be victory. And as it was prophesied, it was. David was told he would have victory and he walked in victory everywhere he went. Jesus, like David, he also had victory everywhere he went as well. We too, because we belong to Jesus, can experience victory as well. Our response to this victory needs to mirror David's response. We need to praise God for his greatness. We need to pray with passion for the love of God's name. And we need to declare the promises of God over our family. When we have victory in our lives, this is a great flow to follow. God actually makes a covenant with David here. It's a covenant that's only fulfilled in the life of Jesus. Where human kings failed, Jesus did not. The victory of Jesus brought everlasting and uh, great favor, greater than what people had expected the Messiah to do. Because of Jesus, even when you're struggling in your day for, for a victory, maybe everything's stacked against you and you just can't seem to win, can I encourage you that you've got victory? Why? Because Jesus died and rose again for you. This is awesome. Because Jesus died and rose again for you, you have life. Even if life is hard, you've got life. And it's awesome. God is good and your sin has been washed away. That's a mighty victory. And that is a reason to praise. Verse of the day. Verse of the day today, Acts 2, 36 says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Now, you might read this and think to yourself, yeah, they killed him. Yep, that's that's right. You might want to pause and reflect today. Your sin sent Jesus to the cross. It wasn't just the sin of them. It was our sin, my sin. I sent Jesus to the cross. I crucified him. We're all guilty of killing Jesus. It's our sin that he died for. So what do we do? We crucified him. So what do we do in response? We repent, we be baptized, and we receive the Holy Spirit. That is it for today, day 156 of 365. Thank you so much for joining me today, no matter where you are around the world. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And as you read these scriptures, that God continues to reveal himself to you in the fullness of his scripture and his word. Looking forward to getting through the next couple of days with you. Hey, tomorrow we're going to be in Singapore. Uh, actually, right now, at the time of recording, I'm recording this, pre-recording this so that uh, I can get on a flight and head to Singapore. We're going to be in Singapore and Malaysia for 10 days. And I'm looking forward to bringing the Daily Brew to you in Malaysia and Singapore. So you're going to be, I'm looking forward to having you with me on the journey. It's going to be heaps of fun. I have no idea if we're going to be able to find Singaporean coffee. I've been warned already it's not very good. So we're going to give it a try and continue to dive into the Bible because no matter where we are on the face of the earth, devotional disciplines are important. They are important. So I'll see you tomorrow from Singapore. Until then, though, have a great rest of your day. If it's a study day, unless it's sleep time, good night, sleep tight, and we'll see you tomorrow in Singapore back here on The Daily Brew. Bye-bye.